0: hey what's up people this is episode 47 this is sports debate tuesday and the episode starts right now guess who's back back again (laughs) guess who's back (laughs) we're all in Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Along with Rob keeping McLean McLean and Miranda's in a room. I know Miranda's in a room because you always had this look like, what are you doing? Um, Rob, yeah, keeping McLean? McLean. <laughs> <you know. laughs> I am Jason DeBeas. What's up, people? This is episode 47. This is Sports Debate Tuesday. Got a lot to talk about. We may, we're going to talk about the Eagles a little bit. Of course, the UFC had their last event, last fight night and boy, did they finish with a bang. I've never seen an event that had like so many that fights that went to decision but they were all they were all exciting fights big up to Dana White for the rest of the year of course we have our NFL pick six we're going to go over the winners from last year as well I mean last year from last week as well as our special guests who were Rob and I your hosts are going to compete against this week but first sorry checking my volume but first things first this is volleyball nope this is sports debate Tuesday Rob Monday night had I had all my news in had everything ready to talk about and I'm like we don't need to talk about Pittsburgh and the Bengals because we already know what's gonna happen Rob what happened
1: <laughs> man <clears throat> and again I'm not trying to take shots at people but I think there's just tears to 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 the level of coaches and I think Tom an all-time great but I just I, I I always felt that there's a disconnect with him being that that championship coach. Um, And I think these games kind of say that, you know, where it's the same thing to Josh, Josh Allen, because Tom Tomlin's a very young coach, you know, people forget about that. He has a lot of experience, but he's still a young coach in terms of, you know, the age of a coach. So he's got a lot of, a lot to learn, but I still don't see him connecting with his players to get them to that level or whether it's the GM, but you know, Without a T.J. Watt, you know, their team, you know, without trading for that Minka Fitzpatrick, their team is really not that much on defense. You know, you look at offense, they haven't done anything to address the quarterback for all these years. And not to go too far off, but I think these are really the problems, their fundamental problems in Pittsburgh, where they're stuck in a certain ideal and they can't get out of it. And That's their thing now is they they run the ball really well. They just ran the ball so well last night with Tony Oh, my God, didn't they? You know, but that's not really who they are as a team. They're not a bruising team. They're not a I'm going to run you off the field. But they have all the receivers to throw the ball. All right, so let's be a receiving team. You know, let's be an offensive threat. You know, they don't really have that quarterback. They don't really have the personnel to block for Big Ben and also to get the players downfield. So, for me, I just think – You know, that 10-2, and you know, I'm sorry, the 11 11 wins early on was kind of an anomaly. Um, It just kind of the schedule worked out for them well. They they played really good football. Their defense is on fire. Um, But now, you know, the wheels are starting to come off where you're starting to see that their offense isn't as dependable as can be. And their defense isn't that top five uh, defense that's going to transcend their team to a different level. So, uh, you know, I just think they're kind of a, you know, an upper level, mid of the way team, you know, that, that performed really well or above their expectations this year. And you're starting to see if you can kind of quell that, that pass rush, which what a rushing game really does, you know, you can, you can take away their, their most important parts of that team, which is uh, getting to the quarterback. So I just think that uh, a bad matchup for them. But, uh, you know, maybe not a motivated game for them. You know, a lot of bad things that you don't want to see for a playoff team going into the playoffs. So, uh, you know, I just thought it was a really, really well-coached game by the, by the Bengals. Uh, Finley did fantastic job. Finley, yeah. He was, I thought he was, you know, uh, you know, a rookie coming into his own in a sense. But, uh, yeah, I just thought it was a really solid game played by the Bengals and a really sloppy, you know, two, three turnovers in the first, second quarter. By the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and yeah, so that's what happens. You make mistakes, and you lose.
0: Yeah, I mean, look for Rob. I agree. I agree with mostly everything you say. Even though uh, me and you, uh, we have a curve disagreement on Mike Tomlin's ability as a coach. I mean, I've always considered Bill Belichick one, and him one A, um, particularly because of the season he had last year, where he didn't have Big uh, Ben who. You, you you said his a quarterback, very good argument. Le'Veon Bell, who you know, who, continue, who at the time was running hard, and Antonio Brown, who who any team would want to have, even even. I mean, you know this guy's good because he brings all this baggage with him, and people still want him. So mm-hmm. so without all those three, the guy finished eight and eight. In fact, eight and eight in his whole tenure as as coach was was the worst record he's ever had. So uh, that's why I've always considered him a good coach. And he needs to recreate when he first came to the Pittsburgh Steel. It's only the third coach in that franchise since since the the Super Bowl era. That says a lot, right? I mean, only three coaches. I mean, you're a Giants fan. That's been a carousel, right? Buffalo Bills. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a handful of coaches. But when the team knows you're going to throw, when the team knows you're not going to run, you have to be able to Find ways. I think they're still continuing to try to stretch the field, without giving Ben the protection that he needs to stretch the field. Why don't we run a little West Coast offense? Why don't you do a little Joe Montana stuff? Why don't you dink and dump a little bit? Uh, create a de facto running game. Get some of these screen passes. Some of these slot receivers. Some of these go and stop guys. Right? See, uh, or you know these these um, weird inverted slant patterns that a lot of these teams are running. Rogers does it. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone mm-hmm. that's a good thrower of the ball. Um, or a decent throw the ball can do it and I think in order for them to have to continue success I think they need to give Ben that, that they need to give him that that um. I don't know that kind of cushion so he doesn't get beat up because he's never been terribly nimble he's just been hard to take down <laughs> so yeah right. uh, um, so, and that's how I think they should do it. And, and if you look at all the other football teams with similar win-loss records, they they are doing that. Mahomes does that when he needs to, and Rodgers does that when he needs to. Russell Wilson, who's faster than you know, has better quickness and twitch muscles than all of them. Um, he does that. So, I think the reason why they lost is not because of the defense. The defense, I mean, if the other team is, has time of possession, I think it was like 31 and a half to 26, 7 and a half or whatever, 28 and a half. But if another team, if another team's gonna have more time of possession, your defense can only do too much. Rob, you are a Giants fan. You've been a Giants fan for decades, and you've been on teams where we had terrible quarterbacks where they were just three and out, and the defense just keeps locking it down. And but you, we both know, you know. And and by the way, the Giants have been playing really well uh, on defense the last couple of weeks. You just can't, yes. you just can't. Get the, you know, the defense gets off the field and then on special teams or like the second play you throw an interception or you fumble the ball and they got to go back on, you know, like you said, what a pro bowl bound Um, if it's a Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, if uh, he he better be pro bowl bound. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's what happened last night. Sooner or later, a good coach is going to figure out they are like. They only got one or two decent runners, They're not even blocking for the runners. They're barely blocking for the passer, who who wants to uh, str- who, who whose team wants to stretch the field, right? Uh, I'm Sooner yeah. or later, good coaches are going to figure it out. Don't even have to be a great coach, and that's what happened last night. That's what I think happened last night. And I, and what also happened last night, Rob. Lastly, I do agree and co-sign with you when I say that they did overachieve. We knew they were a good good football team. We knew that they were probably having uh, probably had a good shot at going in the playoffs mm-hmm. going into the season, even in the a division as deep as the AFC North. Mm-hmm. But we didn't know they'd start eleven and zero. And, oh, and we and I and in our heart of hearts, Rob. Come on. We were all waiting for it. We all said, wait for it. Right. We all said, wait for totally. it. When, listen, totally. when the Kansas city chiefs win by three, there's still no doubt in your mind. You're going to lose. When Pittsburgh was winning by three, you're like, Oh my God, they could have dropped that game. They could have dropped that game. So we were always, True. even even at 11, 0 no, we, we all had our doubts. So I'm surprised at last night, but not, uh, um, you know, I think my heart rate is fine. I have no heart attack over it. I'm not completely surprised. So, right. That's how you feel.
1: Yeah, no, and and, and just mm-hmm. to piggyback too, like I, I said, I'm not trying to shoot at Tomlin, and I, I don't think he's a bad coach. You know, I don't think he's an okay coach. You know, I think he's a – I don't even think he's a good coach. He's a very good coach. But I think there is a distinct difference between – and like you were saying, 1A and 1B. I think yeah. it's a clear-cut 1 and, and 2. Yeah. Because I think there's just levels to what you can, what you can do as a coach. You know, because, again – You say their defense is great. That's Tomlin's thing is defense. So maybe their defense is always great. So let's look at the offense and say, okay, you got a guy who, uh, you know, what's their offensive coordinator doing, you know, and that's under the head coach's umbrella. You know, what is the, you know, what are the plays that, that Ben has the ability to audible to? You know, that comes under the umbrella of a head coach as well. So I'm not saying that Tomlin's not a great coach, but I think just like Bill Belichick, He's a phenomenal defensive coach. But for some reason, his offenses are thriving, you know, and I'm not saying that Pittsburgh is not thriving, but they have bursts. They're not consistent. It's not a system, you know. So that's, that's where I'm just saying that I think there's a disconnect. And I think there always has been where he went into a uh, – Mike Tomlin went to a really, really solid, really, uh, um, you know, controlled situation you know, where all he had to do was not lose games as the head coach and learn from that and learn from that experience. And that's where we are now. I, I just don't – I don't see where he has grown to such a, 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 a to such a thing other than to just talk about the records and the statistics that the players that he's coached put on the field to say, oh, this guy has changed this franchise because of the way he's coaching. And that's all I'm saying is that I think there's just a difference, you know. I think Juan Rivera – Is not maybe the best coach, but what he does to franchises are huge. You know, they're game changing. Same thing with Andy Reid. He might not be one of the greatest coaches of all time, but he's definitely elevated himself because in many different places, he's brought a organization from something to something greater. You know, and that's just uh, you know, yeah, Kansas City. I just think coaches are different.
0: Kansas City's always been competitive, but we all we all knew like in the playoffs they were like one and done. And Andy Reid, Mm -hmm. wherever I mean, got, got so happy that. Someone like that will be remembered, uh and be remembered with a ring. So good for him, and Absolutely. even better that he has a quarterback like Mahomes. Um, but he, I mean, God, he, but he made look, that he, choice. Yeah, but he won double digit games even with Alex Smith. But he knew to win a Super it's Bowl. True. It's true. It's, it was about and, our, it was about our homeboy, right.
1: and even making that decision. You know, mm-hmm. like it's like if you know, Tomlinson had, had you know a real quarterback behind Big Ben and had to make that decision. You know, it's like. You know the decision they had to make with Brett Favre and uh, Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, I think that's a, I think it's, and not to cut too forward to, uh, to the episode, but you know I think this is the same thing they're gonna have to talk about with Jalen Hurts and and Carson Wentz. You know, should they ha- should they be together? You know, should they push each other to be better, create good good trade stock, or you know, get rid of one now.
0: Well, you're not going too far ahead because, in fact, that's what we're going to talk about next, Rob. <laughs> Continuing on with football. I'm so excited about our pick six this week. Um, mm. uh, but before we go to our pick six, we need to talk about Philadelphia. All right, Philadelphia lost to the Cardinals. No no shame in losing to them. Arizona, very competitive team. Um, you know, a very, very talented secondary and a, and a quarterback. Uh, there's something about these Oklahoma quarterbacks that makes that coach that from Oklahoma just say hey you you bring him bring him, you know bring him to me i'll send him to the nfl cuz right now the man's 3 for 3 i think in a four year period right He's he's gotten jalen hurts was the most recent one baker mayfield was uh, kyler murray was before him and baker mayfield was before him so that's 3 years 3 quarterbacks or 4 years um and we both know these guys are starters these Kyler Murray is gonna might might even be a Hall of Famer. He's like my little he's like my mini Russell Wilson, <laughs> Russell Wilson's mini. But getting back to the Eagles, the Eagles lost to the Cardinals. I believe the score was where are we right now? I just I had it and it just disappeared. Thirty three to twenty six. A very competitive game at the end. Turned out to be a shootout that Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts invited. And the question. Before I get to the question, let's let's talk about the two quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts, 24-44, 338 yards passing, three touchdowns, passer rating of 110. Kyler Murray, uh 27 for 36. That's tight. 406 yards. 406 yards, 75% completion percentage, three touchdowns on a pick, passer rating of 132. Ridiculous. These guys were all over the place. We could talk about the Cardinals. We could talk about D-Hop. You know, the dude got 169 yards receiving. Fitzgerald, man, hauled one in. It was just... Was uh, it was an... Ex- the reason why it's crazy, because I feel like we're talking about the NFC least every week, but these are the games that are galvanizing. These are the games that got fan attention, and, and we owe it to ourselves to talk about this game for a little bit. Now that I'm done with my part, and I'll definitely give you the floor if you want to talk more about it, but the question is... The elephant in the room. We're talking about Kyler Murray. We're talking about Jalen Hurts. Who are we not talking about, Rob? We're not talking mm-hmm. about Carson Wentz. The question, Rob, is will Ren- Will Wentz get run out of Philly? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> 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 it's That's
1: early something. to tell, I'd say. It's early to tell. Uh, I still feel like at the moment, you know, and I think this is pretty common sense, but, you know, Carson Wentz obviously has a higher ceiling. You know, and let's let's put all good things, you know, put all things on the table. Let's say Carson Wentz gets traded out. You know, the Eagles are either going to have to take, you know, King's ransom for him because he's obviously a clear cut franchise quarterback. And all he needs is a change of scenery. And once that happens, he will be a franchise quarterback again, guaranteed. You know, that's just guaranteed. So they need a King's ransom for him. I don't think anybody's going to give them uh, give them that based on the stats that he's put out. Yeah, but they got to pick up um, his
0: contract too, right?
1: They do, but anybody's going to pick up that contract because they need a franchise quarterback. You know, and I'm talking about a team that's one player away. You know, or that has a great defense that needs somebody to run a full yeah. offense to them that has you know pieces. So you know, when when you're talking about like a franchise quarterback, it's going to be really hard for that them to get a, a certain certain type of return. So I, I personally, I see that you know Wentz and Jalen Hurts are going to stay in the same place, they're going to challenge each other for one year. You know, it's going to be the same thing that Doug Peterson was doing with, uh, Nick Foles and they're going to, you know, fight it out for a year, you know, and they're going to play. And Carson Wentz is probably going to win that out. And Jalen hurts is going to be sold off at the, at a premium price. But, uh, I, I still feel like, um, I understand why teams are reluctant to, to, to pick on, on Jalen hurts. still, um, but you know you can't you can't deny what you see. You know he's a he's an actual pack, pocket quarterback that can run. You Dude. know that it, it's very far and few in between players that, that actually want to be a pocket quarterback yeah. and learn the, the the nuance between running and and passing. And I think Michael Vick was like really one of the few players that were so good at running. And I'm not saying he's that fast, but. He's strong. He's strong, a big, strong legs.
0: That's what I was talking he's about.
1: Big, like he wants to hit people. Hurts you know? has Hertz
0: got weightlifters legs, man. When he exactly. runs, He's killing it. The problem with that is, you know, the same thing
1: with Cam Newton. You just got to do it at a certain time. But again, he's very smart with it. You know, he doesn't take contact. He dives to the ground. You know, he uh, if he takes contact, it's always against a smaller player. You know, and it's always you know him him making a juke and hitting somebody. It's not just I'm gonna run up into you and hit you like kind of like Cam does. You know, so all these little nuances about, oh, well, he's not a real pocket quarterback. Well, not better than these guys, but he can also run. Oh, well, he's not a running quarterback. Oh, well, he can still throw the ball a lot better than these running quarterbacks. You know, you have to start weighing those those options together. And for me, I think he's a great, like a really, really awesome uh, combination of those things. So I really see, see Jalen Hurts thriving in a situation where, uh, You know, even like what what Tennessee was doing with, uh, you know, Marcus Mariota a while ago, I think he would have thrived in a situation like that. So, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be fantastic, but I just don't think it's something that Philadelphia wants. You know, if you have a choice to go between a mobile quarterback who can throw the ball or a pocket pocket passer that can, you know, throw the ball maybe 50, 60 yards, you know, can make better decisions because, again, this is the third year Carson Wentz is in the league he's got a lot of time to grow, man. Like, let's say, you know, five years down the road, he becomes the best quarterback of all time. You know, you got to stick through the, the thick and the thin to get to the good stuff. So yeah, I just feel like Carson Wentz, there's just too much ceiling, you know, and I don't think he'll ever be run out of town, um, but I'd love to be proved wrong. So.
0: Okay. Rob McLean, the reason why people don't, lean more towards analytics these days and and not their eye test is because as far as people's eye test is concerned, they're seeing, everybody's just seeing completely freaking different things. (laughs) And that is exactly what I'm seeing right now, man. He is going to get run out of town. (laughs) I, if, all right, let's, let's start with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz to me, since that injury, when I I think they were like thirteen and three, they looked like they were super bowl bound. Since that injury, he's not been the same. He's not been the same to me. He's never I don't know if he's psychologically recovered or if there's still some physical ailments and and if the Eagles don't get get around to protecting him really quick, and if Wentz doesn't learn how to slide instead of diving headfirst, it it's just he's just gonna have more, more. It's gonna be more more problems. And right now, it's like Biggie said: more money, more problems. Because you you can't trade him, you know. And if you and and because whoever whoever picks him up has to know has to assume the risk that he's injury prone. Also has to pick up the end on the on on what's left of his contract, which is ridiculously high. Now, if you get all the administrative stuff out of the way you want to talk about high ceilings you know you 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 made a case for Carson Wentz I make a case for Jalen Hurts and the reason why I criticize the eye test in the beginning is because I think like you said I think some of these guys are like oh he's a pocket passer oh he's a running quarterback and this and that and they don't allow themselves room to get out of these labels in these categories where this false dichotomy you're either a pocket passer you're a runner clearly you know mahomes has defied that that um that 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 um i could i say theory of fault, that that i'll just say that false dichotomy russell wilson has defied that you know steve young years ago i mean you, i mean you you saw this decades ago that this was coming you know steve steve young was was one of the one of the few running quarterbacks that that have a ring and the reason rob why people lean uh towards the pocket passer thing is because you, out of 53 Super Bowls or 55 Super Bowls wherever the hell we are, you're not going to see too many mobile quarterbacks with a ring. You just you just don't see them. Yeah, they're exciting to watch. They put butts in seats. They sell tickets. But at the end of the day, if one makes it to the Super Bowl, you you're, you're you're asking yourself, are they going to win or not? And they and they're they usually not. If you, in fact, look at the last decade, right? You got Tom Brady. Uh, um, just take Tom Brady away. You got Big Ben that won two. You got Peyton Manning that one. You got Eli that one. You have. Um, Nick Foles that one. None of these people are by any stretch of the imagination mobile quarterbacks.
1: Oh, wow. We're athletic. <laughs> no, no, nothing, I
0: man. You. I mean, we're not talking about Michael Vick. Michael Vick can run backwards and beat all of these guys the same yeah. day, okay? He can race them one at a time and beat them all the same day. So for you, my argument is sooner or later, Philly is going to call for people's head. Like... If Jalen finishes out the season and they have a, I, I think there's somehow some way they're still on the hunt. I think it's crazy. Like six, eight and one might get them first place. Uh, and and I, I I believe they play Washington uh to to control some of their own destiny. They do need help. Mm-hmm. Um but to answer the question, because we went I, went I went I went a long time before I gave you the floor, I, I think his time is near at the end, and not because of what we think, but because of um, the court of public opinion. Philly's a tough place to play, man, you know. They booed Santa Claus, for Christ's sake. Christmas is this week. They're going to be booing Santa Claus. That is just a, a place. I don't know if you call them the worst fans or the most unruly, but, but they are... Not as patient as us New Yorkers. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. I've been patient. And you're a Giants fan. You know, you accepted a bunch of losing seasons, but you knew that you wouldn't trade it for the world for the two Super Bowl rings that Eli like. you take any, any football fan in any city would take that in a heartbeat. Okay. In so a heartbeat. I, yeah, dude, I would take my four Super Bowl consecutive Super Bowl losses just for one. Just for one. The one we played the Giants the Buffalo Bill played the Giants and we missed a field goal and lost 20 to 19. by the way the Giants had 40, You're welcome 42 <laughs> oh, the, the Giants had 42 minutes of time of possession on that too so that was a really good game very good game by the way defensive coordinator Bill Belichick you know um, head coach Bill Parcells. All right so moving right along. Let's see if we should tackle now. Let's do the pick six. We're going to talk about mixed martial arts in a little bit, and of course, we got quick question, and of course, we got to shame or not to shame. We got two questions for that. Um, NFL pick six. Let's go over the winners last week. You, my man, Rob McLean, were a perfect six and zero. All right, Kristen Nuss, our guest, she was five and one. Why was she 5-1 Rob McLean? Because she went with, she went with her heart and not with her head. She <laughs> lost the last game to the Saints with the Saints and Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, the Kansas City Chiefs, 41 minutes of time of possession in that game. So that's where we were last week. Uh, these are the overall results because the guest, our guest, went 5-1 and one this weekend and you went a perfect 6-0. and oh. You are now Did tied you? for first with the guest. When with one more, two more weeks to go. Me, I'm just trying to break off even. I'm just trying to be respectable because I'd <laughs> like to think I know something about football. Okay, come on, man. So, drum roll, please. Who's going to be our first guest this week? Our first, our first guest is Taylor Crabb. Taylor Crab, the dirty white boy, has, has decided to join us in our Beat the Host segment of NFL Pick 6. His brother Trevor, let's hope he has a little more luck than his brother. <laughs> Big up to Trevor. Thanks for participating as well. Okay, so let's do the, um, let's start with game one. All right. Game one, we have the, excuse me, jeez, sorry. We have Vikings visiting the Saints. That's on Christmas Day. Friday mm-hmm. night game. What do you got, Rob?
1: I mean, we got Drew back, so I got to go with the Saints, baby.
0: Oh man. Listen, I don't trust Kirk Cousins. All right, it's a Friday night. By the way, the NFL as of this season would have played every single a game every single night for the first time in the history of their uh of of the NFL, they they would have had a game on every single night of the week. This is a Friday game, so. But for me, skipping all that nonsense, I'm gonna go with the Saints. Taylor Crab is going with the Saints. Let's move him in a little bit. There you go. Oh, there you go. Handsome dude. Yeah, he's he's about a what? He's about an eight or a nine. I'm <laughs> just kidding. No, I'm about an eight or a nine. <laughs> he's a ten. Um. All right. So second game. Um. We got the Dolphins at the Raiders. I'm going to go first on this one. Uh, John Gruden likes to battle. It's a game at home, and it's a very, very tricky game. It's a trap game, but I I like the way the Dolphins travel. The the Dolphins travel. uh, Well, they they won the games they were supposed to. They competed in the games that they were supposed to lose, right? They were supposed to lose at Kansas City, but no one told them that. They were trying to beat them, and I think if – with the coaching staff and with Flores keeping them up all the way up every every week. If they play the Kansas City Chiefs the same way they play the Raiders, they're gonna beat the Raiders and they're gonna beat them badly. I'm going with the, I'm going with the um, Dolphins.
1: Ah man, this is a tough one. I, I just I have this feeling, you know, I, I don't want to go against the Dolphins. I really like the Dolphins. I like everything they're doing this year, but I'm just I just have a feeling the Raiders are gonna come out and do some good things. Uh, I'm going to go with the Raiders.
0: All right. You're going with the Raiders. I like it. Mr. Crab is, I believe, going with the Dolphins. And he says Miami. Miami all the way. All right. Here we go. Game three. Let's see. Rams. Game three is Rams versus the Seahawks. Visiting the Seattle Seahawks in a division Gosh, game. The Rams are one do game you, behind. Nine do and you five. you want this one? <laughs> you got to go first. This is your turn to Gosh. go first.
1: Uh I... Can't stand the Rams and <laughs> but I know as soon as I say that they're gonna win this week and uh Seattle man. Uh, I go with Seattle.
0: I think I'm gonna go with the Rams. I think the Rams um if you watch the last eight games they play, for some reason they got their number, even even with Jeff, even with Jeff Fisher. <laughs> you know, just the, if they the, ain't running
1: the ball, I just yeah. don't think the I Rams mean, look, are gonna beat teams. So. What the hell am
0: I picking the Rams for who just lost to the Jets? All right. Come that's on. what I'm saying, Get man, out that's here. I was saying. That's embarrassing. And Crab is going with the Seahawks as well. And I'm going with the Rams. Yeah. I think I got I, I don't know. Maybe I got i I'm a glutton for punishment. No, that's a
1: good choice. That's a good yeah. choice. I probably should have gotten Rams.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're a good uh, bounce back team.
0: Cool, man. Game three. We have the Colts. That is game four. I'm sorry. We have the Colts visiting the Steelers. Uh, I'll go first on this one. The Steelers have lost three consecutive games after winning the first 11. But I think this is a bounce back game. Um, it's going to be pretty chilly. And and though the Colts are no stranger to playing in cold weather, um, I got to go with the Steelers. Because every time the Steelers were in a pick six, they won. <laughs> every time they haven't been in the pick six, with the exception of the Buffalo Bills, they've lost. I'm going with the Steelers. Yeah,
1: I mean, you're probably right. It's probably going to be the Steelers again. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the Colts, but not that much. Ah. So I'll probably go with the Steelers.
0: Cool. Um, And Taylor is going to go with the Colts. And now we move on to game five. All right, game five. Let's check it out. Where are we at? I keep losing it on my scroll. What the hell? Sorry, buddy. Game five, we have the Eagles against the cowboys at um at texas stadium or whatever the hell that thing is called gosh I know. i'm do freaking cowboys you might uh, have is to this spit. you first you might have to drink and yeah. spit it's you first uh, who we got again i'm sorry you do the odd ones i do the even ones come on um nah. you, <laughs> you, me gotta, the you gotta part. hear it again all right the eagles visiting the uh, dallas cowboys uh, i call eagles yeah, let's rock with it. <laughs> Eagles.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't catch don't catch Giant fans say, like asking me to like come on, you I'm a Giant fan, you gonna ask me to choose between the Eagles and the Cowboys.
0: Oh on, my god. That's messed up. It is. That's Look, that's up. this is like the Browns and the Cowboys. I, dude, I cracked uh, up. I cracked up when you said I don't know if there's two more teams that I despise. <laughs> right. I just don't. Can I
1: can I can I can I say tie? <laughs> Yeah, Can you, I say
0: a tie? Well, yeah, if you want to <laughs> fucking lose, I catch
1: that one little tie. <laughs> no.
0: I'm actually going with the Cowboys. Cowboys, um, Andy Dalton's been playing really well, and C.D. Lamb and uh, their special teams always play well, and they've improved the defense. Um, has been off the field less. They've they they found a way to win without Zeke, and I think from a karma perspective, or from a, a black cat a Jinx franchise perspective, they. They can't write their story this weekend. It has to it has to be the week. It has to be the Sunday after. They have to give their fans hope. Did you hear these they their nauseating, annoying fan base this week? Oh, we're on our way. We're on our way. Every time they win one game, oh, we're on our way. We're gonna division And you know what? We yeah. win a division. We win a division. We got the shot. We're gonna win the whole thing. We have a shot of yeah. winning the whole thing. And that and for a week. You know how about them Cowboys? You got to listen to them all week, and I'm picking the Cowboys because their franchise is snake That's it, it's not. This weekend is not their time to break their fans' heart. They got to go to the end. Look, if they're supposed gotta, to win they 12 build it games, up a to bit more. Rob, if they're supposed to win 12 games to win the division, they're going to win 11 at the end. If they're supposed to uh, finish eight and eight, um, they're going to finish seven and nine. They are. Yeah. They are a fr- a, a snake bitten franchise. Taylor's actually going to go with the Cowboys too. He's with me on that one, but for my my, my reasons aren't generated by stats or analytics. It's generated by the historical uh, voodoo doll know. jinxing of that franchise. It's they're not meant to break their fans' hearts this week. All right.
1: Well, I mean, aren't they like two and ten? I
0: don't come so. on. They're five <laughs> and nine, dude. They're five so, and nine. That's you know, enough to look. They play uh, Washington. I, I don't. They play the Eagles and they can eliminate the Eagles. And I think they play the be Giants. And they play in. the Giants to finish. It should be illegal to
1: get in if you're two
0: games. Out there oh, you need to stop. You need to miss me on Come that on, one because yeah. your G men are gonna uh, freaking finish seven, seven and, and nine. I don't, they should just say we don't want to be in the playoffs. Give
1: us another lottery pick. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Come on! I mean, it's all for the money anyway. You know, you know, give them a buy. You know, give us a better draft pick, and you know, we'll go you, about it. We
0: can't. Well, we can't give the Jets Trevor Lawrence, but you want to give the Cowboys a lottery pick? Come on, man! Let's move no, on to the a last, game. A pick. <laughs> <laughs> last game. Last game, more, more difficult when we get the tit- Titans visiting the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I'm going to go first on this one. Green Bay, um, since there's only one bye week for only one team, they want that more than anybody. And though the Saints lost and kind of hurt their chances of, of stealing it from the Packers, the Packers know if they win this week, it's a wrap. And they, and they can rest their players and they don't really care. Uh, pretty uh, brick as far as cold weather's concerned right now. And um, as good as the Titans are and, is, and one of the most prepared teams. And the best way to beat Aaron Rodgers is to run you know, Derrick Henry can run. So this is a very risque pick for me, but I'm going to go with the um, Packers. And that's strange that I'm calling the Packers a risque pick, but.
1: I know. Uh, So, you know, uh, Green Bay is usually the team, you know, they're, you know, up North, they're ready for the cold, you know, just like the Steelers. Um, I love the, I love what they're doing. I love the Packers for me. I just don't see them being that team that closes. They're just not that good of a team where they say they pick out a game. They say, no one's going to beat us this day. They're just not that good a team. You know, whether it's a defense, whether, and sad to say, whether the offense just doesn't, you know, peak out at a certain point. uh, It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, they can't, they're not going to score 40 points a game. It's just not going to happen, you know? So, you know, with those parameters, I just, there's always something against the Packers where, you know, the conditions have to be right for them to beat the better team. And I'm not saying the Tennessee Titans are a better team, you know, top to bottom, uh, you know, from, you know, the talent perspective, but top to bottom, that team is so solid. You know, they stop the run. They're really good at pass defense, really solid on their uh, pass offense, really strong on their run offense. You know, there's really no place that they have uh, weaknesses. So when I see that, when I see cold weather, you know what, you know, just because they're from Tennessee doesn't mean they're not built for the cold. And I think this team is built for cold weather, and that's why I'm going to go with Tennessee Titans.
0: Very good, ooh, bold pick. Taylor mm-hmm. Crab I believe is going with me on the Packers. Let's check, check. I'm going to check to make sure on that. Taylor is going with Green Bay. A lot of we got actually a lot of the same picks, but um, yeah, all right. So that's this week. Good luck to my man TC. I'm glad to have him. He's one of, um, as you know, like, Rob, I've been you and me been at this for a long time. And I I just want to say to the people listening, I've been more of a fan of the sport than a fan of players. I I very rarely like uh, follow players. And is, I mean, it's like I'm a fan of people, not necessarily players. Like if you're a good good personality and a good person. Um, like I followed John Mayer when he played. I, follow, I, I definitely followed Trevor Crabb because he's just an interesting person, you know? Like um, So there's very few people that I'm actually a fan of, but I'm, I'm a fan of Taylor. I'm a fan of this guy. He's just young. You know what I'm saying? It's where so many things could go the other way, he found a way to, to mind his PZQs, stay professional when he needs to, you know, party 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 if he if he wants to, and um, he's he's good for the sport. He's good for the sport. So I I just wanted to say that without going off on too much of a spiel because because the other the, our other guests, I never really said that, uh, but I do want to tag uh, up Kristen Nuss, who was our guest last week. She was she, to me she's the best college player right now in the United States of America from the number one seed LSU on their pair one team. So very, very good to have those two on our battle to host, right? The best college player and and maybe you and I agree the best um, American male player, right? Do you think it's Hemmer Hemmerfell? I think it's Hemmer right I haven't talked
1: about volleyball in a while. I know. Uh, just, just a, <laughs> <laughs>
0: he just said, like I don't want to talk it, about actually. volleyball <laughs>
1: Look, uh, I got a podcast I mean, yeah, for that too, list, man. <laughs> on, on a short list, yeah. You know, I'd say that. Right, but cool. I'd have to put more thought
0: into it. Nah, definitely. So, all right. So that wraps up our NFL pick six. We're going to move on to mixed martial arts. And la- over the weekend, we had Stephen Thompson. Love me some Stephen Thompson. Uh, mm-hmm. Face Jeff Neal. Now, Stephen Thompson put on... Look, heads collide and both both guys were um, bleeding a little bit. But for five rounds, I personally thought Stephen Thompson put on a, a five-round clinic on how to slip in and out, you know, uh, uh, do power shots if you have to. And if you damage him, assess the damage, see if you, you can go in or, 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 or do you do you know, do you empty your tank? And, and if you don't finish him, you're done. So I thought he just fought this intelligent fight. And when you hear someone, a mixed martial arts fan or, or a commentator say um, – intelligent fight you synonymize that with boring (laughs) synonymize that's not even a word but but no this is a smart fight and and it was fun to watch it was dude it was fun to watch so i'm gonna i'm gonna um put them up for the fans these are the the main events so rob as i zoom in a little bit the question is because we get to we're going to talk about one fight a piece so let's consolidate Mm -hmm. and limit it to the fight that that was the most Maybe it's the most exciting, or just the ma- the most intriguing match, or something. What interests you about this card? Which which particular fight?
1: I mean, I, I I liked all of the fights. They were all pretty pretty good fights. Um, right,
0: <clears throat> right.
1: I just I just had to you know sh- put a shout out to Marcin Tabur you know, for making Greg Hardy look like a little little baby oh. <laughs> And because, man, I've never seen somebody curl up in a ball that fast when they're back on the ground, you know. He's probably always been the one on top of somebody, beating somebody up. And I ain't trying to bring up no pass things no, I don't no, know no, what no. happened. No. But, you know, he's an aggressor, you know, so it's it's always <laughs> interesting to see what happens when an aggressor gets on their back, you know, and has to fight out of, a you know, an athletic position, you know, because the funny thing about it is, not to go too far, but, you know heavyweights you know they always talk about you know it's always about the power and always about the knockout and uh there's been plenty of champions that have won even you know stipe he's primarily you know a ground he's a grappler you know and that he made nagano understand that pretty quickly but uh talk about know, just five round schooling huh it. exactly you know so you have to say you know when you see like a a nagano get schooled like that or a you know, a Greg Hardy, I mean, he didn't even make it 30 seconds on the ground. You know, he got on the ground once and then he could, he literally curled up into a ball. So,
0: yeah. Didn't uh, you see that in just, the beginning uh, of the first round? Like, at the end of the first round? Like, yeah. The, just the pressure or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, this dude's a heavyweight. I haven't seen his ground game. Can he get up if he actually goes down?
1: <laughs> and he literally just, like, yeah, let it go. It's just, I just wanted to shout it out because, you know, there's levels to that game. You know, Greg Hardy, yeah, if you're in. You know, an advantage position. You continue to put yourself in an advantage position. Sure. You know, you can be really good, but the second it's not in your position, you have to, you know, better that position and and uh, and get to a place where you're at advantage again. Yeah. Well, Hardy's uh, 11 fights in. Big up to
0: Yeah, Hardy's 11 fights in. So you got to appreciate being, I mean, of course, his star power got him into the UFC because other people go through smaller promotions and then maybe Dana's contender series, maybe, maybe just sign a contract, you know, get scattered out by like Dana looking for a fight or the ultimate fighter. I think a season's coming up next year. And I got to give it to him for someone that's got, just got thrown in a mix an elite athlete, but, but just like Brock Lesnar or whatever, I thought he's, he's doing okay. He's losing, he's beating the people that, um he has a shot at beating and he's losing the people who are who were highly ranked like his other his other loss was Alexander Volkov. That's that's dude, that's a, I mean on any that's a top 10, you know, or, or maybe upper top 15 fighter. Um Alex Allen Crowder, he lost cuz of an illegal knee. He he knee him in the head. So I mean that mm. that that was a match he was winning. And now Marcian Tabora. Well, sorry, <clears> go ahead, <throat> please. No, no, go ahead.
1: No, well, I, and uh, I think this is this is like another terribly You know, unimportant story, but, you know, with the whole Jake Paul and, you know, brothers getting fights against the Mayweathers, it's the same deal for this guy, honestly, because we would never be talking about Greg Hardy, a guy who turtles up on his bag That's why I wanted to bring it up because he is 11 fights in and he's on, you know, a main card at a major fight at the end of the year fighting against a guy who's had 29 professional fights, I'm sorry, 27 mm-hmm. professional fights. Yep. And we're talking about him. And the only reason we're talking about him is cuz he got thrown out of the NFL because he was told, you know, he was had domestic violence charges against him and then he went into mixed martial arts and put a bad name on that because he's bringing all that bad information to the UFC, you know, and UFC fighters now have to fight that image. So like let's keep it all in context because it's not like Greg Hardy, not to put your words on, but it's not like he got thrown into the mix. He was given all of this stuff on a silver platter and he doesn't train hard enough to learn what to do on your back in the middle yeah. of a fight, a major fight. I'm sorry. That's unacceptable. Well, the difference. So if you're going to, I mean, he's a professional athlete. That's a professional thing. You know, But I, you for him, I got
0: to push back a little bit because unlike some of the other fighters, like. He did go. He did do Dana Dana White's Contender Series, right? He did, and then after that, he did go to Extreme Fight. He did. He did have one small promotion. So it's one of those things where, like, Dana was like, "Okay, I'll give him a shot or whatever." And it wasn't like CM Punk. CM Punk was a main event. I didn't didn't fight I mean, at that's, all. That's different. You know that, that was it wasn't like um, this these these whoever the hell these brothers are fighting a guy a basketball player who's making his debut that was on that was actually I mean, on a main card that was ridiculous Bisping fights
1: they talking yeah. about. I mean I'm just saying. But that 70, the fact is seven and those three guys with two professional fights would yeah. never be getting any kind of clout at all if they were just in the fighting. But Jay Paul fighting now,
0: But Paul is not fighting anyone the caliber of Maurice Green who um, Hardy beat? He's not fighting Alexander Volkov. They're not fighting any Jake Paul, like whatever their weight class. I don't know if they're one forty five or one fifty five. That's like putting them up against um, who's the the Texas Executioner? I forgot that guy's name. He's like top fifteen dude, uh, or or Irish Dragon, right? You're not gonna put mm. those guys in a, in a match against Irish Dragon. You might put him in a All boxing right. match against Dylan Dennis, sure. You know, so so I think mm. with the opportunity that he got. Like I'm not mad at Greg Hardy for getting the opportunity. I'm mad at the people that that gave him the opportunity. But but with that being said, if you if you're going to take it, you you show some respect, you put the work in, and if you're good enough, you win and if you and if you're not, you 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 won't. 7 and 3 is a good record, dude. <laughs>
1: you know, and No, it is a good record. That's not it has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. All I'm saying is that he's getting a lot more opportunities than guys who have truly earned it. Cuz again, He went into this contender series Mm -hmm. where a lot of guys don't even get the chance to get into a contender series. How do you get into the contender series? You know what I'm saying? And Greg Hardy has been a professional athlete earning millions of dollars for many years. So all of this, he does not have to do to support his family, to do anything other than a hobby. So that's why I'm saying some of these guys are working their life's hours all day long while this guy's doing it. Maybe he loves it. That's great. But you're getting all this extra possibilities because of something you did outside of fighting, and all these guys that are just doing fighting all day long. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's fair, and it's never going to be fair. Hell no. But he's going. He should get a lot more flack than a. Oh wow, he's doing so great. Oh, he should. They were talking about he should be getting title shots soon, because oh, you know, his ceiling is so big. That's ridiculous. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just saying again. I'm think, glad. Let's yeah. just bring it back to where yep. I started from. Absolutely. I'm glad a real fighter got to step in front of Greg Hardy and make him look like a little baby on the ground that he should have been looking like.
0: To show, so I'm happy about I it. I think I agree with you in a sense that we haven't seen his vulnerabilities because, like you said, with Styles Make Fights, he has gone up against people that can't get him to the ground. Maurice Green has a good ground game, but Maurice, totally. Maurice's wrestling's not going to get him to the ground. Okay, so yeah, Jorgen De Castro. That's just a st- that's a stand up fighter all around. Okay, he's he's a little slick on his back because because you know. But he's, he's not somebody somebody's gonna no. make
1: Greg Hardy look vulnerable. It was ver- listen. It was it's very up- similar.
0: I'm not trying to compare this to Conor McGregor, but if you looked at Conor McGregor's first five fights in 1 140, the only guy that could take him down was Chad Mendez. And Chad Mendez had nine days to prepare for that match and did take him down, you yeah. know, on nine days notice. So um, totally. so look what happened the first time that someone could take him down. The first guy that was prepared for him, that knew he was coming, that could take him down was Khabib. <laughs> so, so all of those fights, 10 fights in, you know, and I, Rob, I agree with you. There has to be some uh, um, contempt because you look at someone like Tony Ferguson. The, the guy won 11 in a row just to get an interim title match. <laughs> you know? That's true. Talk that's about true. paying that's your dues. And that's real fighter.
1: You know, I'm talking about Tony Ferguson. How many times has he tried to step in mm. and step out? I'm talking about Demetrius Johnson. I mean, these are champions oh have, that, that should be earning chances. And I'm not saying this guys getting championship yep. chances, but... He's being, you know, gifted away in just like Johnny Walker was. Like, yeah. why can't these guys earn their way up instead of getting, you know, you know, thrown, you know, pushed up the ladder by that's, the promotion. But that's an easy and one. I get it. That's an easy that, one. But, again, it, it just it never works out. It really True. <laughs> doesn't. So, but that's an easy. Again, that's an easy I'm one. Just that's shout just the out UFC
0: to but that's, yeah. he, hey, he, in But yeah, four in a row. Four in a row. That
1: hype train. Yep. And yep. you know, he looked a lot different in the first round. than He looked in the second round. So, yeah, I'm happy
0: for but we knew that was coming, didn't we? Look at Marcin Tabora's lineup of fighters, man. He fought Stefan Stefan Struve. He fought round, Derek Lewis. Like, mm. He fought Derek Lewis in a match. I thought he was winning two rounds to zero, right. and Derek Lewis, of course, one punch knockout Finished knocked that. him out. Yeah. For he fought Fabricio Werdum. I mean, the guy. I'm looking at Timothy Johnson, who's not, not even in the UFC anymore. Those are those are right. freaking Rough Riders, man. Beth, ben yeah. Rothwell. That's a tough fight.
1: I mean. So the fact that this guy's even mm -hmm. earning this right now. I mean, I'm glad that he, but he didn't fight nobody on this caliber. But this is the fight
0: you were hoping he would take. So he does get exposed, right? You, You want him to fight someone like Tabora because Tabora does tell the truth, does tell your truth. He's not, he's not he wasn't ready for all of these people like oh he should get a title shot right you know, and I'm not you, even you know, f- but you know these idiot Ty fans Burrow. come in levels right these idiot fans th- there's a bunch of fans oh, he should get a title told shot. he's Greg Hardy. And then there's some fans that are like, oh he deserves nothing And then there's some people in the middle it's like you know what he's in the camp. Um, he's training and he's winning these matches against competitive fighters. So for me, I'm somewhere in the middle. Part of me, like if he's if he's guilty, because I believe in to to proven guilty, always, almost always. But if he is, part of me just wanted him to fight Derek Lewis, <laughs> and that was it. Because Derek Lewis has his oh, peeve sh- about people that beat on women. Derek yeah, Lewis, is, that's gonna is, be. But Derek Lewis is he, big against that shit. dude. I mean, yeah, and
1: I think uh, that's what's crazy too, is because like. I wonder who they're going to set set Greg Hardy up against soon. You know, are they going to set him up against somebody that's going to go down to the ground, you know, and, and force him to the ground? Or are they going yeah. to set him up with somebody again who's going to stay on, on the feet?
0: That's a good you know, question, cause... dude. That's a good and question. And the same
1: thing with Nugano. Like, I, ha- I mean, of course, I'm sure he has to have learned something about the ground game. But I haven't seen it. I have not seen it. Nice. I haven't seen... Anybody being getting in front of him trying to take him down, I haven't seen he, anybody look, even get him down.
0: He'll get the fight because it's he has just, a punch because he has a one puncher's chance. Yeah. But outside of that one punch and and Steepe's ability to take a hit because Stipe got clipped by Cormier, but Steepe got caught in the right place, so that's different. Yeah, because he got caught by Angano uh, and didn't get knocked yes, out either. He remember, remember the first yes, round? Yeah. Yep. So I don't see how how that's going to be different outside of that puncher's chance. But that because of the puncher's chance, that's how they get. That's why they're going to give you that opportunity. For me, really quickly before we. Move on to shame or no shame. The fight that stuck out for me was Jose Aldo. It was really, really glad to uh, really. I was very very happy to see him just get in there and just use his legs because a lot of when he fought Peter Yan and he fought a lot of people, the things that he does the best, like chopping someone's legs, that just makes you go, oh God, yeah. I ain't having no cheeseburger tonight, man. He's just be hammering the meat, boy, hammering the meat part. We didn't see him do that against Jose Aldo. We didn't see him do. that. I'm sorry, against Max Holloway. We didn't see him do that against Yan. Um, uh, um, uh, who's who right now is the champ Peter, yeah. uh, the one, the 135 the bannerweight champ so it was very glad to see the Jose the Jose of old like Frankie Edgar chopped up his legs. Uriah Faber, if you remember that a couple of years ago, had to be carried out. Cub Swanson needed the head, just busted him up badly. So it was good. If if he's going to continue to fight, I want to see him lose like this. I want him to see him lose doing what he does best. Cause we didn't see him. All the fights that he lost, you didn't see him throw leg kicks. Connor, he didn't even. He just charged him with his head. That was ridiculous. He got knocked out in 13 seconds, which is something. I don't know. You could never wake up in the morning and say it's a normal day. <laughs> it's yesterday. It just it, and not not the way Connor was at that time, right? Woo. Yeah. Yeah, zombified. Oh my God. So those are the two fights that stuck out for me. Those are um, of course, Stephen Thompson. That's that's cool. Oh, whoa, whoa, no, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Jumping guillotine, my man. There was uh, a yeah, there was telling. a jumping guillotine. I got I gotta oh my god, I got I gotta get with this dude. I gotta get with this dude. Um, where is it? Thompson versus Neil. Looking it up right now. This dude. Oh, Rob, not not Isn't not. Like got to go back. Yes, he was in the undercard, country dude, man. And he, the first round. I believe it was the first round, whereas his name was Jimmy Flick, and he fought Cody Durden, two relative unknowns. You know, undercard, no one's going to watch it. It's in the beginning. First round, just exchanging, and then jumped in the air. Vertical jump, looked like 35 inches. Jumped in the air, wrapped both legs around his guy, this guy's head. The guy slipped one arm out, and when they landed, the one arm out turned out to be a, a, a triangle choke, a jumping triangle choke. It was Demetrius Johnson-worthy, dude. Remember Demetrius? <laughs> That oh, yeah. he, he threw the guy in the air and in the air he caught him with an arm bar and when he landed the guy was in an arm bar and couldn't get out. That that was that that was dude, you and me can rehearse that. We can do that, we can we can do that cooperatively and not do that. <laughs> and someone of us is gonna get hurt. So big up to Jimmy Flick. Hope to see see more of him. He's country strong. I think he's Oklahoman. And um, that wraps up MMA. Unless there's anything else you want to add to that, but I think, no, I, think I, we, I think we I think we're good to go with that. So Last but not least, here we go. It's one of my, I don't know why I call it one of my favorite. It's got, it's one of my favorite. What the hell? Let's just, let's just handle this. This is the, this segment of the pod, of the Sports Debate Tuesday podcast is called Shame, or to shame, or not to shame. 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 All right, Rob. To shame or not to shame? Dabo Sweeney, the Clemson head coach, of and the coaches poll voted Ohio State number eleven. To shame or not to shame? Is that shame or no shame, Rob?
1: Um, I mean, I would say not shame. I, I think uh, <clears throat> you know Ohio State is a lot different team than they than they. Uh, I mean, they played really good football, but they they just are a different team than they have been the past couple of years. So. You know, maybe it's an honest, true assessment and, uh, you know, they're getting their players fired up to play a team maybe they don't think should be in the in the top four. So, you know, maybe it's a, a different type of uh, bullet material, you know.
0: Me, I'm gonna go with Shane because Ohio State the last four or five years has always been top five worthy or top six worthy. And they 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 lost one 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 game a few years ago and got voted out of the top four. And now they're undefeated. And this guy's voting number eleven. A guy a, a guy who without Trevor Lawrence can't can't even can't even beat um, Notre Dame. Can only beat Notre Dame with Trevor Lawrence. If, and if one player is the biggest difference in the world for for you winning and losing and being in the top ten, maybe maybe it's not Ohio State that should be voted number eleven. Love me some Clemson. Love me some Dabo. Dab but for this one, gotta go as my horn honks. Shame, shame, shame. And let's do that. Rob McLean, last segment of the day before we wrap up for Christmas is quick question. Quick question. Rob, quick question. Uh, Greek freak Jonas gets a five year, $228 million contract with the Milwaukee Bucks. Thumbs up or thumbs down?
1: I'll be as quick as possible. Uh, big thumbs up, because I think he kind of controls his future, and then that team's going to do whatever they want, whatever he wants them to do. So
0: I, 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 I like you. I say yes, man. Anyone that wants to start start where they were and finish, man, is like, I don't know if that's an old school concept, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I romanticize that idea, and it's a quick question, so I say thumbs up. Um, quick question, did you enjoy watching Tiger and his son finish seventh in the PNC Golf Championship? Yeah,
1: uh, I did. I really did. And uh, I think this is just what Tiger needs is something to actually, you know, keep his life happy, you know, keep passion in his life. You know, maybe his kids playing is, is part of that. So happy to see it.
0: I was happy to see it, too. Tiger, I've only wa- I have only watched golf for a long periods of time because of Tiger and I'm definitely going to watch him play with his son, so thumbs up on that. Quick question. <laughs> Freddie Kitchens was the offensive coordinator uh, for the New York Gi- uh, uh, Giants in the absence of Garrett, who was on COVID protocol. <laughs> Quick question. Did the Giants uh, offense sputter because the Browns no Kitchens?
1: No, I think it just sputtered because of Kitchens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I've been really happy with what the Giants are doing offensively with all the lack of players they've had. But, yeah, they just looked like trash yesterday.
0: Yeah. Yep. Got to go with you on that. Uh, Yeah, they know Kitchens and he's not that good to begin with. So I'm going to go both on that. Quick question, Rob. Were you happy to see Dez Bryant and Antonio Brown catch touchdown passes the same days, The same day. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, I love the old guys, and, and they're still moving. I mean, Antonio Brown is still moving. Dez is, you know, maybe jumping. But, yeah, you know, uh, glad to see it, and I'd love to keep the old heads in the game.
0: I was happy to see it because both players move the needle, and just like we were talking about MMA, sometimes rising tides lift all ships. You know, like if they are people that don't watch the sport or, that, or if there the are people that don't watch normally or they follow particular players, more power to them, especially if those, those said players are, um, are scoring. Um, college football number one was Alabama, number two is Clemson, number three was Ohio um, Ohio State, and number four is Notre Dame. Did they get it right?
1: Mm, I don't think so. I mean, I don't really like Notre Dame, and I always think they fail in the big time anyway. So I don't know how you how you gauge that, but uh, yeah, I don't get how all the coaches picking the teams makes it you know fair for all four or all the teams that get in. So. Yeah, I don't think they got it right.
0: Yeah, me neither. Quick question, quick answer. They got it wrong with Notre Dame for all the reasons you said. Quick question, Rob. Should Cam want to stay or go with New England?
1: I think he should want to stay, but I think that they should both just, you know, split ways. Uh, I just think, uh, you know, Bill's looking for something different. And Cam needs a little bit more freedom to do his thing. They're just too too different. I thought it would work, but it's just too different.
0: I'm, I think he should stay. It's an ideal situation for him. Nobody else is going to want to pick him up. Bill Belichick on his oh. part, maybe, maybe not. But Bill Belichick usually likes to give a quarterback two years. Sometimes he knows if someone's a scrub right away, he just drops him like it's hot. But... I, I think they both owe it to each other to go one more year. I think it's going to be a more normal year as far as players who didn't opt out for the Patriots because a sure. lot of de- players, particularly on defense opted out. And as long as Cam can improve on not beating himself, I think I think so. I, I, I um the AFC uh, East is getting a little tougher, so they they have to think about that. but i I, I, w- I would like to see Cam do one more year and then and then that, that year whatever let's see what it is what it is uh that concludes our segment a quick question it also concludes our segment of the podcast i have no shout outs i just want to wish a merry merry christmas to all for movie recommendations i'm a black and white film guy so the sound of music if that comes back on if you have it's a family night kids love musicals because they like people singing a role instead of talking about a role so keep them in a room with that um for some reason, Pride of the Yankees always comes out during Christmas too. It has nothing to do with Christmas, but another one of my favorite black and white films. So, and that's all I got to say. But Merry Christmas to all, Rob. In closing, what do you got?
1: Uh, no, same, same deal. Just you know, Happy Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Holidays. You know all that stuff. Um, and then, hey, watch Klaus, Klaus on uh, Netflix. Best Christmas movie there is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Not, now I'm curious. All right. I'm going to look it now up after the show. Now I got to yes, go, sir. dude. Now I got to go. And now we got to go, Rob. For uh, Rob loves you. In fact, for this holiday and only for this holiday, just like last week, just like the week before, I guess I love you guys, too. All right. So for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPad, for all of you on your Droid, for all of you on your desktop, who runs the world? Old school, old school for Rob, keeping McLean McLean. This is, I'm Jason DeBiss. This is episode 47 of Sports Debate Tuesday. Love you to pieces, people. We're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.